Another host, uh, David Guy Levy. We have another guy in the house today. Very special guest, Mark Borchardt. Mark Borchardt. Well, can I talk? Yeah. Hey welcome. guys, how you doing? Good. And thanks for having me too in this uh, unique situation. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, send the girls on in, William. Coming in. Oh, I think I drank too much coffee today. Too much coffee. Normally I wouldn't say that, but I feel my heart racing and I feel like I should be doing other things. Hello. <laughs> I drink a lot of green tea. It's less acidic. I like the acidity. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, I put my glasses um, over by that pole right there so the, they're on the ground, the just so you know. And then just on the legs, maybe a little, a little softer. A little softer, yeah. Okay. Oh, what are you doing? I'm just gonna put them by your. I think I can handle more up top. Yeah, I've had a few name? Um, hey, Marcia, thanks over the for past doing couple this. weeks, like oh, muscle spasms in the upper back and neck. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, feel free to try to make me squeal okay. today. Okay. What do you mean, all the wrong turns I took in my life? Yeah, all any regrets? Yeah, yeah, but nothing physically coalesced with any of that. So, no, I'm good. So today, uh, Sandra is working on Sasha, Marcia is working on Mark, and I have Ariana. Hey. Hey. Hi. green essential oil. Did we know? Do we know what kind of massage Mark wants? Um, I don't get into massages in a sense of knowing about them, so, so I'll leave just, that to the experts. Let's throw him to the sharks and give him a deep tissue. <laughs> Don't be afraid to scream and if something hurts and say no. Yeah, yeah massage comes it. first, show second. <laughs> if something hurts, let me know. Or if something feels good, let me know too. Okie dokie. So Mark, you, you haven't you say you don't normally get massages. No, uh, I don't normally do what normal people do, so this wouldn't follow into that pattern. <laughs> I don't know if this, if this is what normal people do. But definitely Sasha and I are aficionados. <laughs> David's yeah. made me one. Yeah. yeah, I'm not complaining. Oh, you're more the wiser for it. Hell yeah. Is there any uh, when you so when you go into massages or anything, you're always nervous about like, uh, you know, like they're gonna see me naked. Are you super uh, like uneasy right now? Who are who are you talking to? To you, Mark. Oh, hell no, I think no, Sasha's dude. cool with it. I feel like I'm sitting on my living room couch, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, nice. No, I get nervous about the bigger things, man. What are the what what things? <laughs> Dude, there's like deathly silence, <laughs> and then a nervous question. <laughs> Let's get down the existential dilemma street with you. No, I just I'm just I just want to uh, live a full life, you know, and reasonably use your self potential and so forth. And because at the end of the rainbow, man, when you're six feet under facing that sky. And a tear rolls down your from your eye, man. You're screwed. So today's the day, man. Wow, it was very poetic. Oh, yeah. I really like that. Well, I'll tell people listening a little bit about how Mark and I met. Um, I was introduced to a filmmaker from Milwaukee named Frankie Latina, 
and Frankie and I were going to do this film called Skinny Dip um, with Danny Trejo, and I think Mark was going to be in it as well. And when I was introduced to Frankie, I just asked, well, what else has he done? I'd like to see what he's done. And he immediately sent me a copy of this movie he did called Modus Operandi, and Mark was in that. Um, And I went on to present and do a little producing uh, for Modus, and Mark and I met in New York City in, I think, 2011 for, for the premiere at IFC. It's a cool little event. And then I went to Milwaukee with uh, Frankie for his latest film, Snapshot, and hung out with Mark a bit out there as well. Um, but every time we've hung out, it's kind of been in work mode, or there's been several people around. So today is much more relaxed. And, oh, this feels really good. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and who Sasha's talking about is Frankie Latina. He is... Uh, a quite a charming, determined filmmaker in Milwaukee, and his newest film is Snapshot, and um, he just brings a good community of people together, you know, that are fun to be around, and it's a unique experience, you know, he has a unique way of doing things, so, yep, Frankie's on the money. So you so you live in Milwaukee now? Uh, not at the moment, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I obviously, I'm here, no, I've lived there my whole life, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, so you're, you're one of those filmmakers who's taken the choice, the obvious choice not to move to LA or New York to pursue your craft and, and, and you, you know, you definitely made a name for yourself in your region. Uh, can you talk about film in, in the Midwest and sort of, uh, the day to day of, of, you know, doing indie, you know, fighting to make your indie movie and, and. Oh, oh yeah. I ain't fighting. I ain't fighting to do nothing. I, um, I just do my own personal thing. So that's where yeah. always the uh, wires get crossed. I'm not into the, any of this independent film, whether it's Hollywood or independent. I mean, it's, it's, beyond my stratosphere of, of thought. That's awesome. And, uh, well, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, um, there are there are a number of people that uh, make films out there, so on and so forth, as they would hear with a, a set schedule and that. And people like Frankie, he, uh, he's a down-home uh, ranking tour, man. He just he gets the job done in bits and pieces that uh, ultimately come out to a magnificent whole. So he's he's very different in, in how he approaches things. Do you think, because I never actually got to speak to you guys about this, but have you served as sort of a mentor for Frankie? Because I see a lot of him, or a lot of you and him, rather. Oh, I don't know. I, I, just, I just know that he's a loyal friend, that uh, he has pulls up, pulled off extraordinary feats of... Uh, of achievement, you know, in, in, in very uh, odd and thrilling ways. And uh, so I, I wouldn't uh, impose any of myself, because I, I, would, I wouldn't know the, the net result on anyone, but um, <laughs> but I do and do enjoy his uh, friendship, certainly. So so describe uh, your outlook, then, uh, as you approach making your work, because uh, Sasha and I also recently rewatched and had both seen uh, American Movie, which is the, the 1999 a documentary that sort of showcased you on, as you were working on Northwestern, and then you went on to finish Coven. Uh, Coven. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I've uh, unwittingly become CEO of an, an illusion through that because that's that's a film in its particular uh, place and time and so yeah. on and so forth. So, and so that's that. I mean, I'm struggling in a sentence because she's got my lower back like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't think that's a. Uh, 
the best representation of where you are now, but... Oh, but well, no, 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 everything's an illusion, dude. Yeah. The best representation of where I am now is flat, facing down, man, on my stomach, man, and, <laughs> and, and somewhere in Silver Lake. <laughs> what you working on these days? Oh, I do a heck of a lot of writing, um, and also uh, write for uh, About Face Media. I do uh, film essays. Uh, recently, I did um, uh, essays on Hearts of Darkness, Orson Welles' F for Fake, Dennis Hopper's The American Dreamer, and uh, some other stuff as well. And I'm actually working on a new um, Johnny Winter Down and Dirty documentary. I doing a write-up that I was uh, speaking with the director. So I've, I've always written. I'm a, I do book reviews for the Shepherd Express in Milwaukee. I've written a number of full-length scripts, short scripts, radio dramas, had a couple of them produced and aired in the mid-'90s, and poetry and short stories and, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's basically what I do, man, and I, I write like heck. These film essays, uh, uh, can you tell us about uh, what got you into that? Yeah, I, when I was in my early 20s, you wouldn't believe it, I was uh, drinking vodka with my friend up in an attic. And I said, man, I, I, I want to be a professional writer, man. And so we're sitting up in that attic. I, I whipped out the phone book. I had him give me the phone book. And I started literally calling all the newspapers around town. And, you know, just, it was just off the wall, man. And I swear to God, it was like the last newspaper said yeah we need someone uh, right now to review theater we give, huh. give you a couple tickets and see what happens and i kid you not that was from hanging out in uh, someone's attic drinking vodka and i uh, got the job man i, I uh, wow. yeah I, I mean i wrote paid attention to what i was writing and uh, became their theater critic wow yeah just uh, just as a drunk kid up in an attic that's what you know but you went for it and that's what i admire you didn't just think about it. It wasn't just a thought. Yeah, I mean, it, it took whatever it took to page through that phone book and make those calls. <laughs> we were uh, going through your Wikipedia because we like to sort of get a research and see what the, you know, as you were saying, that, that American movie is an illusion, but if anything's really an illusion, Google is an illusion. But one thing we saw was uh, okay. you did a lot of correspondent work for the election in 2000 with David Letterman. With Gary Bauer, that was fun hanging out with uh, Gary Bauer. They had me ask a bunch of asinine questions on the show. I was like, oh, man, this is silly. Um, but when the cameras were off and me and Gary Bauer, who's running for president at the time, were hanging out, I thought that was cool just to be a, a real person with him That that you know, on a sunny day in Washington, D.C., so I thought that was cool. How did that even happen? Oh, I think that um, David was explaining it's this symbiotic madness that one thing leads to another. Yeah. So that's all it is. People would huh. see something, then say, hey, let's get that guy. And then, you you know, there's uh, unwritten expectations. You know, I mean, none of those late-night shows have it on, on anyone serious, like an author or anything like that. They need someone to have a particular uh, reaction because it's show and it's business, you know. And, yeah. And if, if you <laughs> ain't going to go along with it, you ain't going to be on. And so uh, you got to just stay in D.C. and do a bunch of this coverage for the show? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, basically hanging out with him. I mean, I, I didn't, my main concern, I was just just happy to be there. I was blessed, man, to be uh, hanging out in the vitality of the uh, city where all this uh, great political machination is going on and uh, people's lives are in constant motion and to uh, 
dip into that for a day or two was cool. Well, we, we have this question we like to ask every guest, which is what's bothering you uh, this week? Is there anything in your life that we can help you work through that uh, just, you know, personal drama or that we can uh, just talk you through? Rent. Okay. Shoulder to lean on. The rent. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ain't going to be able to solve that one, so you better think of something else. <laughs> um um, well, it's, 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 it's like rolling the rock up the, uh, it's like with any project or anything you start and you begin to roll when it's time mm-hmm. and that impending shadow increases in its, um, density, you think, oh man, I better start tackling this. So you begin to roll that old rock up the hill again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't see how it's going to be done. You, it's like, uh. Fitzcarraldo, man, how, how is this boat really going to get up the mountain, man? Oh, totally. And uh, which is actually, which I'm reading the book right now, Conquest of the Useless, um, about Herzog's quest to make uh, 1982's Fitzcarraldo. Great, great, great book about uh, struggle, about a uh, sense of hopelessness, and ultimately a um, victory and a triumph. So uh, do I yourself the, a favor. I saw the documentary, which I thought was excellent. Uh, Burden of Dreams. Burden of blank. Dreams, yeah. With Klaus Kinski. Mm. Correct. And uh, that, to me, is... I mean, Hearts of Darkness, as you just wrote an essay on, is very similar, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, not really having anyone but yourself to, to take this ambition that's greater than anything you've ever tried to pull off and then not even knowing if you're going to have a job at the end of the day. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And actually, Eleanor Coppola wrote a book on uh, her experience with Apocalypse Now. The book is entitled Notes. That's another good read, along with the documentary that she made, Hearts of Darkness. But yeah, I mean, uh, the struggle is such. It's it's something that you have to do, and you'd have to ask a psychologist why you have to do it. But some people are impelled to do it. Yeah. And yeah, no matter what comes their way, they have to work their way through it. So. It's bizarre, but it's real. I would, I, you know, my impression before I'm, you know, meeting you in person and just what I got from looking at Coven and, and American Movie and, and, you know, seeing what you've been out to is you're one of those people too. Like you, you, you're making a movie and it doesn't matter if, if physics allows it or not, it's going to happen. And I think that's a quality that, you know, I cheer on because I see it in myself and I know Sasha definitely, you know, we, like anyone else, uh, you know, no one ever realizes it's it's all on us. There's no one who's who's pushing our careers forward but us. Uh, and so when I watched American Movie, for sure, just seeing you not give up when everything was just heavy and all this resistance was coming at you, uh, it reminded me of Fitzgeraldo for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and also you are have a bring with you a particular your your particular age. Uh, your life is still an open canvas. And you have these ambitions that are can be kind of outside, and you have to deal with those larger contours and somehow fill them in with your work ethic to uh, get where you need to go. So yeah, you go through a lot of a uh, lot of stuff to get there. Oh hey guys, you know I just want to say thanks for the, the massage. I mean all five of you, and and thank you too for doing it on me because uh, yeah I mean I can feel all the uh, the uh, the, the soreness and all of that stuff, man. So I, I mean, down to earth, man. Thanks, guys. This is this is, this is good stuff. Yeah, of course. 
welcome. Thank you. Well, so. I had it. I know we discussed a little bit uh, on another show, like massage etiquette, but I have to say, full disclosure, I did not shave my legs. And I just came back from a camping trip, and I didn't have time to shave them today, and I felt kind of bad. I said, fuck, I didn't, I'm not going to be able to have time. So, like, when, when you guys meet some, or not meet, obviously, when you walk in a room and someone's face down, mm-hmm. what, what are the worst things that have happened to you guys? I mean, in oh, terms no. of hygiene, like, <laughs> have you had those moments where you just want to walk out and say, I can't do this? Because oh. I'm sure, in the grand scheme of things, like, my... Spiky hairy legs aren't that big of a deal. Nothing, honey. I took a shower. <laughs> no, this is totally fine. See, that's step one. You took a shower. That's really yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's very kind. I didn't. Oh, David. He's like, oh, wait till Good after. Good thing I care for you. You do? I feel for you. I I've been waiting to hear these words. Ah. <laughs> uh. So. Is there a common common uh, thing that you guys complain about you know, from from just the day and day out? Like the most average complaint that you might come across from clients. Yeah, before you tell us your crazy like awesome story of the one in particular person, is there something that's normally you're like, "Yep, I hate." There's that thing I hate again. You know, if like you know, taking a shower that is really nice because sometimes if someone, for example, if they go in the sauna first. Or they do, you know, they take a hot shower or something and they don't kind of scrub down. When you're massaging them with the oil, sometimes you start to get, like, dirt rolling off. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a little off-putting sometimes. You just have to kind of look the other way. Dirt is Clo- your big issue? Close the eyes. <laughs> you don't like a little dirt? I'm like, no, mine well, is, like, dirty feet. Dirty feet. Yeah. Uh, every time. That or, like, I don't <laughs> or, like... Some people don't also, like, I don't know, maybe they don't wipe their ass, like, all the way, but... Now we're getting somewhere. This is not normal. Oh, no, I A, I took a shower, B, I have my socks on, so I'm I'm clean and ready to roll. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes people toot. But sometimes I've tooted too, so I <laughs> Fine, whatever. I can't hold that against my clients. <laughs> I think it's like a burp. It's a compliment. You're doing your job well if someone farts. If someone, oh, yeah, it's if really someone drools, that's a compliment. I oh, used yeah. oh yeah. There's been days when I just get knocked out and I wake up and there's like two ounces of just fluid on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's usually not by the headrest, ladies. <laughs> Just kidding. Sometimes people snot too, like the snot comes oh, out of their sure. nose, and I've stepped in like little snot puddles underneath. Oh. <laughs> you haven't learned to avoid like the drool area. Oh my god, that's oh. hard, especially that's when it's like on carpet. Uh, you yeah. can't see it. I'm sure the majority of human, I mean the the vast majority of human beings, never ever ever get a massage, because yeah. it is sort of just you Maybe know the vast majority of. American human beings. Really? Yeah. Like a professional, like, let's lay down, get oiled up? Or do you just mean... Swedish people. Really? Yeah. I mean, massage is one of the oldest, is the oldest healing lineage. But it's such a luxury, On this planet. It shouldn't be. You know, parents should massage their kids. 
you know, sisters and mothers should massage pregnant women. Uh, but partners should massage each other. Okay. You, so I want to get back to sisters and mothers massaging pregnant women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's uh, so vital. You know, one of the main things if you, like during um, pregnancy massage is that it releases, any massage, it releases oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. So it's really helpful for women, you know, bonding with their babies. Babies should be massaged. Dads should massage the babies. Babies should massage the dads. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Eventually. When they're no longer babies. Just let them crawl all over you. <laughs> let them just stomp on your back. Because they will. So, Marker, do you ever think you'll, uh, I'm sure you're so sick of answering this question, but we are genuinely curious if you'll ever finish Northwestern. Oh, it had its date. I'm working on it in a different form. As I say, I write. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a fascinating question because, you know, you have your your inner life and you believe that you are, Im- there's a per- certain point in your life you believe you're immortal. Yep. And, you know, then that, that's not the case. And when you make a film, it's so cantankerous with all the lighting, the casting, the this, the locations, the that, that the reality, that's why most people uh, think about like writing or making films or being uh, doing ballet and so forth, but the commitment is so ultimately intense and at times harrowing, I mean, for that type of work unique to itself that most people never do it. They say that's what they want to do, but they it just psychologically it doesn't add up. So as for your question about that film, it's it's definitely take its taken its literary form and what how it works out filmically that that would yet to be determined. But Sasha, thank you for asking man because that that's uh, yeah, that was a that was a personal thing turned public when I opened my mouth about that. Yeah. Interesting. So how did that so when this film came out, was there a lot when you just you saw the way someone else was framing you and you didn't have control on how oh, you I, got to frame yourself? Oh, I could care less about that, though. Those guys were pros, man. I was honored. Oh, cool. It was an honor and a privilege to be under the auspices of their uh, vision. So now, but you say it's 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 written. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when back in like 92 or so, I came out with a draft. No, I, in a literary form, like in a, um, in a more, see, I write all the time, Sasha. And um, the reason why um, shows and things exist is because there's an end product. We don't have shows about people in the process of things. It's always to promote something or this, that, the other thing, or if someone's about to kick the bucket, yeah, then they'll have them in the show and I'll cut an album or something, they'll just yeah. review their life. So we don't have shows about the process of things. We just have shows about the end result and then look in retrospect at what the process was. So... A great show would be with just to be get these guys off the street and then bring them into the studio and say, hey, man, what you working on? You know, and I recorded this on my tape cassette, play it, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, it would be a good thing because there's millions of uh, people in the perpetual process of things. And there's, there is no end result. And it was all their life was the process. Huh. Yeah. You know, I just want to point out, though, if our voices sound funny, it's it's kind of funky, man, because you are <laughs> got this cloth that you're battling with, and then at the <laughs> tail end of your sight is the mic in the floor. So there's maybe some lisping to try to gain control of your syllables. 
I mean, I'm just trying to point out the way it is. Well, you know, (laughs) what you're saying interests me very much, Mark, because, you know, to me, actually, my favorite part of being in the film industry is the process. I am normally mostly annoyed and (laughs) and taken out of my daily routine when something's actually delivered and being promoted. Uh, And I'm more excited about what I'm working on than what I just worked on. And... uh, uh, the point of that is, I can't really remember because Ariana's up in my, what are these called? The subscapularis. Subscapularis. Uh, but I have so many friends who, they always start something and they never finish it kind of people. And they're just complaining that they're not successful. And I always have to point to them and look, show them the work that they're in the process of doing and say, this is already successful because you've taken the first step. You're working on this. You know, you're, you're, you've given it life already. Just no one maybe is aware that this life has started, but look at this work. And I think that is a message people need to constantly remind themselves about, which is that first step, you are now working. You know, you're not waiting for work. You are working. Looking for that job is part of the job. Well, that's beautiful, Dave. Thank you. (laughs) It's true. You only fail if you don't try. Oh, you're only like, yeah, like, you know. There's this phrase, fake it till you make it. But I think you're making it once you begin faking it. Uh (laughs) What was the other, we also read about another movie you're working on, Mark. Scare Me? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Um... We were we were shooting that we got we got a lot done, and um, technically there's a concern over rele- there's two things that happened. Technically there's a concern of release forms. I shot about sixty percent of it, a lot of locations, a lot of people, and so on and so forth. And then psychologically, I just started to to recede. It was like I, I really can't tell you why one day lapsed into another, and uh, then with concerns over release forms. Uh, that that becomes a, a very that that becomes a heck of an issue too because there's a lot of people, and I, I needed to have those all matched up and so forth. So there's an interesting thing that Pacino did called um, "Looking for Richard." It's a documentary on his quest to explore Shakespeare in his particular version of um, Richard III, and there's shots of the film in the documentary, and I. If I'm correct, the film was never actually made in that the totality of the project is the documentary itself with only um, bits and pieces from the film, which is an interesting concept. I bring that up because uh, uh, I wonder if that's where that film could all, almost fall into. A, a lot of good people I want to thank who worked on it, put a lot of time and effort into it, and it does look good. Oh, if the socks are an impediment, those could, I just happen to have those on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because which refers you guys talk about people with dirty feet and you walk around with bare feet and all of that. Well, next time I have Ariana over, I'm just gonna like go for a jog barefoot. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Lost in La Mancha is sort of a, a movie that like that too, but uh, the the documentary that followed Terry Gilliam. Uh, making Don Quixote uh, for a few weeks before it just it all fell apart on his head. Well, yeah, that that's interesting because um, that kind of shows the uh, flip side of the coin where uh, you're doing a very big project and a lot of things are happening in inclement weather and so forth. Forts are destroying sets and the uh, Don the actor who played Don Quixote 
uh, drops out, I believe, the lead, and it's just kind of like devastating. And financially, the the picture can't hold. Yeah. And they, they have to call it a day. So that's the opposite of a triumph, uh, an opposite, uh, an inverse of Apocalypse Now and yeah. a Fitzcarraldo, where uh, it is another great filmmaker and so on and so forth, but uh, it, it just collapsed under the, the own weight of its, uh, of its problems. So. Mm-hmm. And actually, Wells did uh, Don Quixote too, and they've got a 1992 cut of it by Jess Franco. So uh, it, it's a very interesting film. It's uh, it's, it's uh, again, it's not cut by Wells obviously because he died in '85, but there is a version uh, cobbled together with his footage that is of interest to Wells aficionados. So yeah. that you could say he's made, I think, 12 films if you include Immortal Story and. Uh, you know, if you include the feature Don Quixote, I put together by someone else, that's 13, and there's uh, The Other Side of the Wind in the Deep, so that's 15 features, but only like um, 12 of them or so are, are actually made by him. Some people could say that about uh, Eyes Wide Shut, too. Great film, man. Read the book, too, by Arthur Schnitzler. I think it's from 24, a dream novella. It follows the film, and what's amazing, read the book Eyes Wide Open, about the uh, writing of Eyes Wide Shut and all the, the labor pains of that, faxing back and forth. And amazingly, it turns out that the film itself is pretty much like the novel, and I, and uh, you wonder why there was that much psychological hand-wringing going on. But the great books, Eyes Wide Open, and then Schnitzler's uh, A Dream Novella, based, you know, which Eyes Wide Shut is based on. Uh, uh, <laughs> I so, wish you guys could kind of see what's happening right now. No, you don't. <laughs> Have you read that book, Hitchcock on Truffaut, Truffaut and Hitchcock? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. I haven't read it. Actually, I'm reading the one by Donald Spado right now. Oh, what's Dark that? Side of Genius. That's okay. the, uh, f- that's basically the um, essential Hitchcock biography. Ooh. But Truffaut, Hitchcock, Hitchcock, Truffaut, or the inverse, yeah. I, that That's a great book. I have it. Actually... What's um, oh, I'm actually reading a, a book on the writing of the birds, uh, Psycho and Marnie from I think Illinois Press, and, and another fascinating Hitchcock book. Hmm. So yeah, there's like about six or seven films I haven't seen of him. It's like the German version of Murder, I Confess, The Wrong Man, The Paradigm Case, Under Capricorn, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Those I'm pretty convinced I haven't seen yet, and maybe Stage Fright, but I may have seen that. He's got like fifty three films. What was his last film? Family Plot seventy six. Yeah, I mean Hitchcock's one uh, the the biggest influences in, on me, and that was the most disappointing film I'd ever seen. Oh yeah, that that's a stinker. <laughs> uh, I mean Marnie's um, of interest, and when you get beyond Marnie to the next five, including Frenzy, mm-hmm. Torn Curtain. I'm one of those Topaz. people who loves yeah Frenzy's like one of those movies that once they started showing the tongues coming out of the the strangled women's throats. I was like, I can't believe he can get away with this. And it's, I was like, it's Hitchcock. He can show like a monkey defecating and it's okay. There's but, actually this, um, for people that can't get their hands on that book, there's a really cool website called Open Culture. And they have a lot of free materials on film and, and literature for people to read about and, and to watch. Open culture? Yeah, openculture.com. 
It's a great website. But you're speaking about the book Truffaut and Hitchcock conversations. Yeah, just go get go to the bookstore and pick it up. So it's good to have it in your hand and not be distracted because if you do things electronically, you you get into some myriad distractions and that just it's problematic and destroys the purity of the moment. I agree, but That's I think true. there's people out there maybe they can't afford it. Well, if you can't afford it, you can't afford not to. Yep. <laughs> I and love that. Sweet. You can't afford not to, Sasha. So, uh, I went camping, and it fucked my neck up so much, and I bought an air mattress, and as I bought it, I never slept on an air mattress outside of being at a friend's house once in Brooklyn, and as I bought it, I had this conversation, and I said, my dad would be so ashamed of me right now. For buying an air mattress to go camping. <laughs> and I actually think it was more uncomfortable than sleeping on the ground in the tent. Really? Yeah. Cause it I lo- agree. It loses air right as you fall asleep. So <laughs> By the morning, you have, you're in this big dip. Yep, exactly. Do you go camping a lot? How often do you go camping? I haven't gone. That was the first time I've gone camping since I think I was 12. Yeah, I don't and think I've been since I was about 12. And I wanted to go, I've been wanting to go for years, and my, one of my best friends from Sacramento was visiting me in L.A. in January, and uh, she has a daughter, and we, of course, we took her to Disneyland, and she loved it, but it's kind of what we always do, so we said, oh, like, let's do something different next time we meet up, and um, in January, we said, let's go camping, and so she just got a couple weeks off. And we actually made it happen, and we were joking, like, I can't believe we actually did this. Because you always say, oh, this would be a good idea, it'd be great to plan this, but A, planning any time off is always difficult, and B, when you're meeting with people who don't even live in the same town, it almost never happens, so it was was nice. Where'd you go? Yosemite. You know what, I was really bummed I didn't see any deer, and the day I was leaving, as I left the park, I saw three bucks... Let's, let's concentrate on those, those calves. And yeah, one deer. Later. That's pretty cool. Not the animal, my actual calves. Oh. <laughs> so, Marcia, is there any uh, big knots or tensions you're discovering while tackling Mark? Well, Mark, how would you feel about me discussing that? Um, it mm-hmm. sounds deadly. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some tension in his shoulders because you're a, a, such a writer. You can feel it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what... Forearms. Yeah, what you've been doing, it's, uh, yeah, the whole body, man, you're, you're, you're bringing out the soreness, man, so that's cool. It's, uh... I had a period where I was doing a lot of Pilates, but for some reason, it would make me so incredibly sore, I kind of wanted to stop, and um, instead I went and bought, I found a tutorial on how to create your own stretch bar, mm. so I bought some PVC pipe wow. for... Five dollars. I made a stretch bar. The guys at the store cut it for me, and then with the leftover PVC pipe, you can use it as a roller and just kind of roll, lay on your back over it. That's an intense yourself. roller. Yeah. Well, there's like no give in a PVC. No, but when you're in that much pain, it's worth it. Yeah. So, would you ever see yourself moving to LA, Mark, or is? 
Oh no, I like the I like the four seasons. And when I, when I think about all the wonderful things one could discuss, no, I love uh, uh, fall and winter. Uh, when um, summer's okay, you know it, it's hot during the day, but the the gentle caress of the ethereal summer mornings as the breeze gently makes its way through the open windows is 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 amazing. You know before the uh, searing monstrosity of the orb in the sky just pummeling you, man. <laughs> And then again, it, it recedes eventually into the, in the into the twilight, where again, you know, all hope is regained, and the wind picks up and uh, pushes through the dense foliage. You know, all those abundance of trees, like a forest in front of your window, and uh, just just amazing. Now, fall, obviously, with the falling of the leaves, and they rustle down the sidewalk and across the roads, and. Uh, then in winter, just it, it, everything just turns white and just beautiful and majestic and so on and so forth. And mm. so yeah, you you have you have four full seasons. I want to read that book now. You just gave me a beautiful painting in my mind. That was nice. I fell asleep. What what happened? <laughs> I asked did if I, you would I ever miss, move to LA, but I think I that something? answer it's a hell no. It's a very poetic way of saying, I like where I'm at. Yeah, I just want to say I really do appreciate the massage. Yeah, it's just a really good thing. It's really good for the body. I mean, I feel like soreness just like up and down. So my body is very thankful for this, and I'm very thankful for everyone doing this. We're thankful for you, man. You got on a plane to come out here. Yeah, that is the coolest thing. We should be thanking you repeatedly. Well, the least we could do is massage you. Yeah, it's, it's all of mutual benefit and it all ends well. Are you excited to be here uh, in yeah. Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm always excited because I really like this place. I love Hollywood. I love its history. I love, um, you know, it's the epicenter of uh, show business potential and uh, so on and so forth. So it's it's quite different from... Other places, obviously, and I like it. Like I said, I like its history. So yeah, it, it, person to person, absolutely. I'm always excited to be here. Do you have any other plans while you're here? Yeah, and actually, plans? what's amazing, because there's there's the real me. You know, I could say the the BS word. Yes. Do you know what that means? No, say it. Oh you, no, I'm saying bullshit. That you're cool with that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't like to swear. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, there's the real me, and then there's all this kind of like show business bullshit. That's all it is. In a sense, it's all good natured and so on, but it's, it's not the real person. And people are very smart. They're, they're, they're very, they have great instinct and so forth. And so I just, you know, people got to understand, man, there, there's, there's the real person that, that deals with, you know, their ordinary way of being, and then there's, there's the illusion and so forth. But when Sashi asked me if I'm doing anything else, um, my oldest daughter, Dawn, uh, works in film, She's actually, along with Wrestle Ruth Productions, is filming me in a series called Out and About. And I, I don't like being on camera. I don't get into it and so on and so forth. So that's where that show and that business stuff comes in. Yeah. So there's a lot of good people out there and a lot of known people that, that want to participate or are participating or whatever. So it's just the real person is, 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 is always befuddled by all of this kind of stuff in a sense. I mean, I understand the logic. I understand the... Uh, the logical trajectory of all of this stuff. But so anyway, to answer your question, yeah, we'll be uh, out and about filming and, and just uh, 
you know, having fun with people and always say, you know, don't have me say this, don't have me, don't set this <laughs> bullshit up and tell me what to wear or what to do or, oh, you know, it'd be interesting if you'd say this or do that. And I know that's inherent in all of that stuff and and the, the, the real person freaks out on that, but that that's that's what we'll be doing for the rest of the week. <laughs> so your daughter lives out here? No, she oh, she's, just, she's just flying out here to, to, uh, okay. uh, to work on the show. She uh, she actually works for some of the film festivals. She got a film degree and all of that stuff and uh, shoots uh, for a living videos and uh, working, bouncing around from film fest to film fest. And she's oh, cool. very confident, very uh, competent and confident in all of that stuff. And business mind so she so yeah so she's at the helm along with wrestle ruth to, to do this series nice so yeah it'll, it'll be a trip to see where that goes so when people come up to me and say hey you're doing this and that it's like well i'm not the real person ain't it's just that somehow this all <laughs> coalesced and came together because i don't want people to think that oh yeah I'm, I'm somebody doing something that ain't the way it is it just happens to be but with very good people involved my daughter and those guys they're, they're very good people Great. How old is your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, the oldest one is 25. Oh, cool. We're the same, almost the same age. Yeah, yeah. I remember I met your son when we were shooting that little scene for... Oh, uh, absolutely. So absolutely. In, in the end, thank you for being good to him. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're a child, these, these are all mysteries we remember. The world is mysterious, and... When we've looked back at our childhood, it, it's just the, the canvas of... Why can't of, we end with our childhood? Because I always feel like this is going to be the best. <laughs> oh, no, dude, you do. You're back to diapers. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, dude, you're drooling. You're in diapers. You're Except you know what death is, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but some people don't mind, man. They, That's they, true. Some people, that you know, By you don't know what happens. It, it could just be a black void, or it could be something wondrous you don't know. Some people are in... And, and life is so exhausting, I'm sure, by that time. You're like, thank God, it's almost Oh, here. yeah, some people just want to die. They're 100, and, and they don't care. That That's it. So uh, each has their own take on it. And, and thanks, guys, too, for the strawberries, the cantaloupe, and the apricots, and the granola <laughs> bars. Because uh, that's, that's, that, that's killer. Just to, just to, just to have that uh, nutrition, too. So that that's cool. Yeah, you have to thank William for that. Thanks, thank William. You, William. He only brings the best. Cucumber water. Yeah, I saw that. That was a trip having those cucumber slices floating around in there. I didn't mess with it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so how long are you actually staying here, Mark? How many days are you in LA? Uh, till, till Monday. Cool. Yeah, I mean, what can one say? Some people have hitchhiked across the country. Other people have, have never left their home. I'd, I had a problem with homesickness as a kid, but uh, I, I don't have that. So wherever I am, it that just feels... It feels homey. I was, you know, so, and it, you know, it just, it's, it's just a trip to be alive. It's just a trip to be, be, being able to think, you know, and have your wits about you and so on and so forth. Where's the coolest place you found yourself? Do you, do you get to travel? Um, I, I've never taken a vacation in my life because there, there's nothing to escape from for one, but all this, all this kind of stuff takes you here and there. What's the coolest place? I, I wouldn't even... I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, dude. I'm just, right now, I'm I'm just tripping out. To, I mean, not to be comedic, but I'm just tripping out to be here. Uh, I don't know what the, I, I had zero clue. I, I don't know if there was one or or what. You know, I, I like being here. Uh, I like, well, I want to, I, I got to, uh, you know, I like to go to Book Soup and Samuel French, man, uh, when I'm here. And uh, I got it, last time I was at Samuel French, man, I got a, 
for three bucks, man. I think it's called uh, whatever. It's a film on or a book on experimental film from the late six from the sixties and early seventies, and just what a find for three bucks, man. Nice. Oh man, yeah, yeah. You ain't kidding. And, oh, I'll tell you guys something. A film that check out is Symbiopsychotaxoplasm Take One. <laughs> One of the most beautiful films about filmmaking, shot in the late sixties in color, sixteen millimeter at Central Park about this experimental film. Uh, being made, please. Symbiopsychotaxoplasm take one, please. Please check it out. We'll have to post a, a yeah. link to that. Yeah, and the American Dream, or Dennis, uh, you get to hang out with Dennis Hopper in the early 70s in his Taos, New Mexico compound as he does post production on the last movie. Uh, what a beautiful piece of insider cinema, man. Hanging out with Dennis Hopper, talking, you know, he's got his women, his drinking, his art, his love of Orson Welles. Uh, discussions over editing, uh, life, everything. I, well, now that I've said it, man, the less listeners will hear it. That was supposed to be kind of like a unspoken gem, just given to the true hearts. Well, such as you guys. And hopefully, a few people listening too. Oh, and check out John Frankenheimer's Seconds. Do yourself a favor if you haven't seen that before. Um, it's uh, mid '60s black and white, but a hell of a. A unique film, John Frankenheimer's Seconds. Please check that out. We're speaking about all these insider cinema movies. Have you seen Overnight? When era is that from? Uh, it was like early 2000s. Oh, yeah. No, I, I about like 83, I'd lose interest. No, I've, I, see, <laughs> I see a lot of films. I don't, but I wouldn't. It was a, it was a documentary that uh, followed uh, the filmmaker of Boondock Saints. Oh, what? Well, wait a second, dude. I saw that. Yeah. What is it called? As he sort of lost his mind. <laughs> wait, what is that called? Overnight. Because Oh, no, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that at the theater, I think. I love that movie. Because uh, especially, uh, you, know, you know, I came out here in, you know, in my very early 20s. And I like most people who come out here, you hang out with everyone in your same sort of wheelhouse. And so, like, I watched a bunch of people just let their egos go to their heads as little things would start to happen to them. And Overnight's this great movie about, you know, the director of Boondock Saints getting this amazing moment where Harvey Weinstein walks into his bar and tells him, I want to make a movie. And then the process of him, just his, his ego going out of control through the process. That's beautiful, man. And it's just, it's such a, it is, it's, it's like, no matter what you take away from that movie, it just, I love watching just human, human behavior that you can relate to even if you would never act that way yeah that that's yeah i did see that i have yet to see boondock saints because i wanted to see that after seeing the documentary yeah and i'm, I'm thinking if somehow the direct i don't think that the guy was there because i did see it i think at the time cinema in milwaukee so i'm pretty sure i saw it at the theater and i'm not sure what the exact connection was when you said that word like overnight it kind of like garbled in my ear but then when you explained it, i understand what you're yeah i saw that what are some of the other insightful Ones that come to mind. What films on filmmaking? Yeah, just like those 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 movies that are almost more interesting than the movies they're talking about. But like, well, we've a hit decade the... under the influence is a pretty cool one. Oh yeah, yeah which one? Yeah. A decade under the influence. What's that? I don't know. It's but a documentary there's... about cinema in in, in the seventies in America. Peter yeah. Bogdanovich and all those guys are in it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But read the book. Uh, the kid stays in the picture by Robert Evans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's, can I still read it if I've seen the documentary? Oh, absolutely. Right, cool. And also listen to the um, CD or the uh, the uh, the audio book too, because Evans reads it, and it, all of these are 
what you see the film, the book, the audio, it, it's all interrelated and it, 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 uh, you, you immerse yourself in that world. So yeah, do all three. Yeah. It's funny you say that Sasha, cause I got a, the decade under the influence sitting on, uh, sitting in a particular pile of DVDs here. So yeah. Do you still buy DVDs? What do you mean still? Oh, I, I know what you're saying. See, I don't, I don't watch TV. I don't know when was the last time I, I know one time I was in a hotel, I picked up the remote and I was so tempted to turn it on and I just kind of looked at it and put it back <laughs> and I don't, I don't get into the internet. So I don't, I don't use that. I don't, ex except for this business stuff, but I, it, it just, it doesn't, it, whatever. So when you say still, Sasha, time goes by so fast that I'll never even be able to see all the DVDs, you know, from book sales and all that. Oh, uh, by by uh, like the criteria not that I you know it, it's not my particular music but I appreciate what they do like the Beastie Boys on Criterion man I just got that at a, at a buck at a church sale and my what? friend tripped out man no way and the director's cut a, yeah the director's cut a Blade Runner 2 for a buck so you go to those what? book sales man they got oh, I got Andy Warhol's Trash and Flesh with cardboard DVD covers for like a wow. buck or two each from Whitefish Bay uh, library book sale so, uh, I need to start going to church sales. Yeah, and you when you buy the books, you find all this tripped out stuff that people left in the books, like bookmarks or letters or personal stuff. Yeah, I love that. It's a treasure trove. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so this makes me want to pick your brain on, you know, what what movies do you suggest we watch just in general that we you, that you always find yourself having to explain to people that they haven't heard of? Because you sound like you might have some good well some good picks. Well, well, the, I mean, it's all relative, but yeah. I would. But the more obscure ones, the ones that we might not have heard of. Well, well, I think the, schizo. Oh no, the symbi what you're referring to, Sasha, symbiopsychotaxoplasm, take one by <laughs> William Greaves. Uh, well, as you guys know, uh, Faces by John Cassavetes, yeah. Open Night, A Woman Under the Influence, are yeah. works of art. Yeah, I just rewatched that actually, recent, very recently. Oh, thank you. Cassavetes, amazing. And. Uh, Herzog, Strozik, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, and even Dwarf started small among his many films. Uh, well, Obscure would be, have you guys seen David Holzman's Diary? No. Mm -mm. Well, there's your Obscure one. That's a very famous uh, quasi-experimental uh, pseudo-documentary from the uh, 60s. David Holzman's Diary, that, that's, that's, that there, there's one right there to get a hold of. That's a, a seminal one in that form. Nice. William, I hope you're writing all of this down because we can't. It's recorded. Yeah, we're getting this yeah. all on tape, Sasha. Easier to write it down. <laughs> oh yeah, when you write it down, you'll you'll you'll, you'll remember it. Ooh, that's oh. crazy, man. She's grabbing my, pick me up by my toe, man. <laughs> my, by my little toe, man. That's crazy. You okay? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm thrilled, man. Thanks. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I was like, wow, that's crazy, man. Oh, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wells' three Shakespeare films, Othello, Macbeth, and Chimes at Midnight, just uh, wonderful manifestations of innovative cinema, of compositions, this, that, the other thing. Do yourself a favor. And I'll tell you another overlooked one, just because it's a common name, people brush it off, but Olivier's Hamlet from 48 is a work of art. I've never seen it. Yeah, his, oh man, that, that is a beautiful film. Well, one best picture in 48. And also, it's the summer. Remember, summer's for noir. You guys got perpetual summer. But this is like the home of Raymond Chandler and stuff. So, do you know, see the big sleep. See Kiss Me Deadly. See all of this stuff. And, guys, you should be listening to the radio dramas, too, like Suspense and mm. Lights Out and Inner Sanctum 
and all of that stuff, man. Do yourself a favor and fall asleep to that. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, is uh, there any way we can follow you on Twitter or Facebook? Do you have the more media? the scarier? <laughs> and again, like I say, that wasn't none. This, it was all by the powers that be. Because uh, so, yeah. Follow. As weird as it sounds. Follow me on the more the scarier. The more the scarier. Yeah. You know, with that at sign before it, obviously. Okay. Actually, on riverwestradio.com, we do a film show every Friday, so you can listen to us then at 1 o'clock Central. Cool. Nice. Every Friday? Correct, sir. That's awesome. Sasha? At Sasha Gray. Twitter, Everywhere. Facebook, and Instagram, and Google+. Plus. And uh, we are at Deep Tissues. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at David Guy Levy. Same things. Well, thanks for coming in, Mark. Don't forget to hydrate, man. Yeah, oh, I'm going to, man. And for, again, thanks again for everybody involved in this, man. I'm totally cool. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. So, dude, this is like laying down, kind of. Yeah, put your face in the cradle. Oh, are you kidding? Okay, cradle hold on. to the grave. So this is what I'll. This is what right now you guys are naked. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're under a sheet. Yeah, we're under we're, the sheet. Okay, I. Hey, Dave, or hey, Dave, or uh, William. This is hey, Mark. Hey, this is doing, Mark. Mark. Good. I'm all right. I'm. <laughs> feel unique. How's <laughs> <laughs> that sound level, dude? <laughs> So for them, so you guys are like in your in your. Position? I hope you're recording. Yeah, just let us know when you are, and we'll okay. we'll start Record rolling. Record it now. Always. And the girls are all cool, <laughs> knowing you guys are naked and shit. Yeah, they're okay. they're professionals. Okay.